on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Here is a question for you. How secure is your personal computer? Now, how secure is your work computer? Because we now know that some of the top earning companies have some really serious security concerns. So why are they in such bad shape? I'm Aaron Young. We're going to try and find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Right, so you would think that some of our largest companies would be likely to have their systems under really tight control. However, a recent report from Tenable shows that is not necessarily the case. We as consumers have been encouraged to always use two-factor authentication, but for some of these big corporations, they don't even do that. To find out why these companies have fallen so far behind and what the risks are, let's bring in Tenable's Chief Security Strategist, Nathan Wensler. Uh, great to speak with you. We've seen some really big companies that have come under attack from hackers as well. The question is, how is this possible? Well, the simple answer of it is that the technology landscape is incredibly complex and, and continues to grow every single day. As organizations take on new technologies, new functionality, you think about what we see in the internet, the web, uh, these organizations are trying to manage uh, a technology stack that is massive and in, and in many cases grows faster than they're able to uh, keep their arms around and really understand. And that's where a lot of organizations struggle, uh, first and foremost, is just really understanding what they have, what's under their purview, and in what state it is so that they can start to make better decisions about how to protect it. But as it gets more complex, this problem just gets a lot harder and harder, even for large organizations. But many of these large organizations have huge teams that are dedicated to trying to prevent these things from happening. We assume that they have maximum security level protection. It's true, but you know, as we all know, this is all done by teams of people and, and mistakes do happen. Uh, we try to automate a lot of these processes as best we can in the security industry, and that's where uh, we can get a lot of gains, uh, quite frankly, but the the security industry for a lot of organizations we find over time has, has really lagged behind. Uh, the basic best practices we've seen from a lot of organizations uh, ha has been very static. You know, we do the very basics of patching our systems or keeping endpoint security on our, our systems, but we often forget about the more dynamic technologies like cloud-based technologies. We forget sometimes about credentials, as you mentioned, two-factor authentication. So it's it's starting to become a, a much bigger issue that we can't rely on sort of older uh, static best practices that we've been doing for 15 or 20 years. Uh, it's becoming imperative that we embrace better technologies and better practices so that we do have an understanding of all the technologies we're using, where they are, whether that's internally to our networks or out on the internet, and then start to make better risk decisions so that we can protect them in, in a safe and sound manner. So let's talk about companies out there at the moment, for example, that might have workers who are working remotely right now. So that would probably make it a lot harder for these businesses, right, to keep a, a really good eye on what technology is being used to access their servers and their systems, and also uh, where they might be using these technologies. Absolutely. And and that and we saw this during uh, the COVID times, frankly, right? Uh, remote workers became the norm. And a lot of those remote workers became targets because 
those home networks weren't as well protected. Uh, the uh, employees themselves weren't quite as vigilant because it was, frankly, a very chaotic time. So, you know, attackers know that they'll find weaknesses everywhere and they will go after the path of least resistance wherever it's easier to compromise the technology. Uh, so as you have more remote workers, it can be more challenging to really protect and defend that. And that's where it becomes imperative to make sure that uh, your credential situation is, is locked down, the application use, whether that's SaaS-based applications on the internet or whether it's internal application access, that has to be very uh, well controlled and monitored. Uh, and we already seen additional issues where uh, employees are taking on services like ChatGPT. Right? There's a lot of concerns about generative AI use, these third-party tools that could potentially risk uh, data loss or data exposure. And it's becoming, again, a very big challenge for organizations to make sure that they can keep that information safe uh, while their workforces expand and while the technology stack gets more complicated. Well, yeah, which is a really good point, because I think if you ask anyone who may have inadvertently been responsible for a, a business being hacked, they'd probably say, I had no idea I was doing something wrong. Talk to us about the issue of encryption in particular, because we know of encryption when it comes to text messaging um, and even some emails and WhatsApp and stuff like that as well. How important is encryption for a business as the, the, the front door or the back door as an entry to get into the business? Well, encryption is what makes the entire internet work, frankly. I mean, we couldn't transact, uh, buy anything from e-commerce sites or log into our email or anything like that without strong encryption. Every company on the internet is, is using that. But uh, encryption is uh, a technology function as well, and it can be compromised as uh, computer systems become more powerful and they can crunch data more more quickly encryption can be compromised. And we've seen over the years that uh, the recommendations have changed and, and evolved so that stronger encryption protocols are become required. Uh, and the older, weaker ones that can be compromised are retired. But that process of adapting uh, up to newer, stronger encryption uh, methods can be very difficult, especially if organizations, again, don't have the visibility about where they're using old Balls. And if they're running critical applications that unfortunately were built on those older protocols. So there's a, a continuous uh, effort that has to take place for organizations to make sure that they understand where they're using encryption, how they're using encryption. And then as the risk of using older, weaker encryption grows, mm -hmm. they have to put the steps in place to update to newer protocols. Uh, stronger encryption levels and make sure that whatever the services they're delivering to their end users or to their constituents uh, is protected with the highest level of yeah. encryption that, they're, the, that they can use. Um, talk to us about misconfiguration as well. I think we've all been to a restaurant now where there's a robot that comes and brings out our meals for us. It's all very exciting. Um, I was uh, at a restaurant like that last night, but the robot hadn't been set up to turn around, so there was no way to actually get your food uh, without leaving the table. And it <laughs> dawned upon me that we have all these fabulous ideas as humanity moves into the Wall-E lifestyle, um, but if it isn't configured properly, then you're back at square one, right? How does that happen when it comes to security? Well, you, know, you bring up a really interesting point about misconfiguration. I think for, for security practitioners like myself, I mean, I've been in this industry 25 years and, and 
it's an interesting evolution because I think when you talk to a lot of practitioners, they think basic cyber hygiene practices are just about installing some endpoint security and patching their systems, right? Which is a very uh, common recommendation we make for home users. But the reality is, is, is misconfigurations are probably one of the most common forms uh, of problem that any organization faces. And it's not always malicious. Sometimes it's just an accident. It can be you know, somebody uh, incorrectly types something into an interface, or it's just a lack of expertise. Uh, sometimes that happens as well. It's not generally a malicious thing, but it does expose organizations to a lot of risk because a misconfiguration could result in uh, an encryption level being set too low. It could be that something you think is configured to be private and not exposed to the public internet is in fact configured to be exposed to the public internet. So that creates a lot of risk exposure as well. So misconfigurations in general, it doesn't really matter what the environment could be your traditional data centers, it could be your cloud environment. We see this commonly in uh, OT and critical infrastructure environments as well, that misconfigurations are just uh, essentially accidents, but they do expose the, the organization to an immense amount of risk from a cyber attack or a data loss or data theft. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is imperative that that kind of control has to be in place to ensure that what we intend to set is set and that we yeah. have the right security protocols in place. We are speaking with Nathan Wensler about all things security and cybersecurity. When we come back, how cybersecurity and hacking can turn into a national security threat. I'm Aaron Young, don't go away.